I solemnly swear that I'm up to no good. Are you Tony Stank? Don't get technical with me. She needs to sort out her priorities. That's no moon. I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. Welcome to the A Plus Z Movie Review Podcast. I'm the A that stands for Alex. And I'm the Z that stands for Zach. And we are back on our bullshit of going to the movies. Yeah. We are done with award season. We are done with cinema. Out with quality art films. In <laughs> and in with... comes Shazam. Shazam! <laughs> good, uh, good schlocky superhero nonsense in the DC universe. Um, to find our thoughts on all those tastefully artful, wonderful uh, pieces of cinematic uh, achievement, you can find... Those and our quick reviews on Instagram at a.z underscore movie review and on Twitter, a underscore z underscore movie review. You can find our thoughts on trailers and links to our news, whatever. Yeah, yeah. links to the other podcast episodes. Most recently, we talked about the 2023 Oscars, the 95th annual Academy Awards. Do you think Shazam Fury of the Gods will be nominated at the 96th Academy Awards. Absolutely not. This is not (laughs) any sort of impressive technical feat. It certainly isn't winning anything for like writing. No. These types of movies generally don't get nominated for performance, (laughs) save Angela Bassett doing the thing. But no, this, um, maybe a Razzie. No, it come on. Maybe a Razzie. No, no, no. Maybe. No. Not Hold on. not from my Hold per- on. No, I'm not nominating it for a Razzie. <laughs> I'm saying that people will nominate it for a Razzie. All that said, <laughs> did we like the movie? I loved the movie. The movie's so fun. It's so fun. Do not believe the hype of what the internet is saying or what the box office is saying. If you're if you have any interest in seeing this and you like feeling fun things go go see it if you've seen a comic book movie at any point in your life and have enjoyed it at all i have a good feeling that you're going to enjoy this one it's absolutely delightfully enjoyable very fun like it's not this like especially coming from a dc movie it could be very dour and cynical and like it is not any of those things it is fun it is family oriented it is uh it's just it's a great time at the movies i i i can't say that more about uh this this Shazam sequel which you know could be uh, tossed aside as well the first one was fun but uh, the second one is you know how what are you gonna do for the second one well you're gonna make it just as or maybe more fun than the first one i went into it uh, as i do <laughs> very negative mm. i was so sick of seeing the trailer i was so sick yeah. of zachary levi's bs i'm so sick of the dc warner brothers narrative of whatever all that is warner like, bros discovery whatever just <laughs> 
I was just so over it. And I had every reason to believe that this was going to be a complete train wreck. And it was like a complete just like fender bender. It wasn't amazing. (laughs) We're not reinventing the wheel here. We're not, you know, introducing anything like new or whatever. But it's just fun. And it really kind of stuck to the nature of... The, what made the first one so good? And one of the things that I think, and I have no official basis for any of this, is that I feel like the first one did so well because it was, it just felt like DC, Warner Brothers, Mommy and Daddy weren't getting in the way of what was being made. They were just like, oh yeah, this is just part of it. Like, go do whatever you want. And so they did whatever they want. And it was really fun. And, and it, it was, was a hit. And it was a hit. Yeah. And so you know, reason to believe that they kind of did the same thing with this, maybe a little too much, but I still enjoyed it. I, I do feel bad though. I don't remember a thing about the first movie, save for <laughs> young boy get superpowers. Yeah. And whatever else. Yeah. I'm well, I, I, I do. When we get through the movie itself, I do want to talk a little bit about the state of DC because since, you know, since the last time we did one of these, there's been, an incredible amount of movement and announcements and, and whatever else that I think we alluded to at one point uh, with, with James Gunn taking over and the slate they're doing and et cetera, et cetera. But you know, when I see this movie, I will be incredibly disappointed if they, if they just sort of let this float away because I think that this is, they've, they've created something fun, like actually fun superhero movie that you can slide in and out of whatever it's universe so, you're going to create. It goes down easy. They've done a lot of work of creating these characters and building up this family. And like, it, it's a good message. It's fun. It's like, it's everything you want a, a young demographic targeted superhero movie to be. And if they just sort of let it float away because of corporate movement and re sort of half cocked restarting of universes, I'll be kind of disappointed if we do lose what they've made here in Shazam. I think they've they've really made something for people to enjoy and latch onto. And it's a shame it's not making uh, a big dent at the box office in this first weekend. Um, I hope that people find it, you know, that word of mouth hopefully finds it and that the <laughs> audiences that are going to enjoy this find their way to the movie theater. Are you asking the world to do what they did for Morbius and rally behind this movie <laughs> to, to send it extend its run in in the theatrical release yes but yeah so it's the same as no morbius. no because <laughs> everything done with morbius was done in bad faith right <laughs> everyone knew morbius was a steaming pile of trash but it was like oh, what if we make this steaming pile of trash a lot of money wouldn't that be hilarious this is like legitimately good i think it's well cast i think everybody is pretty much Good at where they're at. We can talk about the 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 villains are kind of interchangeable here, but you know, despite Zachary Levi's problems, he's embraced the being the a young kid in a superhero body sort of thing. Type. Um, thing. Every one of the other uh, Shazam members that has been cast is is good. I also like the kids. Um, I even like Rachel Zegler in this movie too. I mm. think there's there's a lot going on that that that, that works here. If you're if you're lost at this point, still a a brief description. Billy Batson is a is a young boy that comes upon the powers of a wizard. That when he says the word Shazam, he becomes 
Shazam or Captain Marvel or whatever you're going to call him as a running joke that goes throughout this movie is, which is good because this character has had different names. And I thought they kind of tweaked that a little bit for fun, which was nice. But he becomes Shazam, as he is now known. Uh, and he's, again, bestowed this power onto the rest of his adopted brothers and sisters in this in his foster home. And they are the Shazam family. Now, the movie. Shazam-ly. Yes. The movie uh, follows Billy and these foster kids. There's learning how to juggle teenage life with other adult superhero egos. When a vengeful trio of ancient gods arrives on Earth, they arrive on Earth in search of a magic stolen uh, from them long ago. Shazam and his allies get thrust into the battle for their superpowers, their lives, and the fate of the world. Dun, dun, dun. And all of that sounds like normal superhero nonsense, right? Yeah. But I think they did a good job of... It is sort of like cut and paste superhero plot, but they didn't like bog you down necessarily with all this uh, exposition about the ancient Greece and the gods and it, like it's there, but it's not important. I to, like, almost understand could what's have used on. more of it because it was a little hard to follow on that end. They want a staff and then they want a seed and there's a tree yeah. and they're mad. They're mad at everybody. And it's yeah, like a little weird, but like it, it's ultimately like inconsequential. They're introduced trying to get the magic staff. And it's broken, and and it's like, oh, they broke the seal. I'm like, when did that happen? Because I'm looking at it, and it's broken. And I'm just sitting there thinking, wait, <laughs> did that happen in the first movie? You're when right. Did it get I know. And then, thankfully, they do insert like an actual the actual scene from the first movie where you're like, oh yeah 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 you're right I right right. He snapped the not, thing. I don't remember anything about the first movie because I mean the first movie came out in 2019. A lot of intense <laughs> life has happened since 2019, so That's it's okay, sure. it's okay to have forgotten. Mm-hmm. Did you remember that Mark Strong was in the first one? I did. Yeah. Oh, really? Good, good job. No, I remembered Mark Strong being the bad guy in the first one. <laughs> I remembered, um, um the kid Billy, and mm-hmm. then Zachary Levi, of course, and then the Billy's friend with the crutch. Yeah, Jack Dylan turning Blazer, into, Freddie Freeman, turning into first baseman for the Dodgers, Adam Brody. <laughs> And then I recognized um, the foster parents. Right. That's it. The kids could have totally changed, and I have no idea. The the kids are the same, thankfully. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just, uh, I think, with as these movies go, I know you tend to like an origin movie more than me. I do. But I think when you get these superhero movies, and you get the origin stuff out of the way in the first movie... The second movie, you don't have to like there's maybe like a little 30 seconds you have to give of, hey, in case you somehow didn't see the first thing, he's a kid. He has magic powers. He says the word he's Shazam. And you're like, oh, all right, uh, sure. And then you can kind of just play around and live with the build these characters up a bit more, build up their lair that they now have and really just give uh, some extra color to this fictional Philadelphia. Uh and and do and do something fun with it. And again, I I'm kind of repeating myself there, but that's the borderline like that's the tagline for Shazam is just fun. say the word. Well, yes. But like <laughs> that's he has the actual tagline for he it. He has basically all the powers and ability of Superman, essentially. Super speed, flies, super strength. He doesn't have laser eyes, but he can shoot lightning. Yeah. And so it's like he is as as uh uh uh, Freddie jokes Captain Every Power, which is yeah. essentially what he is. Uh, and but 
he's a kid. Yeah. He's he's a he's a child playing a superhero. And so you kind of can just go wild with that. And they did that in the first movie. And I've seen some complaints of you know, hey, they did that in the first movie and so they just did it again, which sure. I could see yeah. there there being some criticism and I maybe felt this a little bit myself was that it was like too childish. Like it's been so long, there's no way Billy is like this bad at it or whatever but sure because he's 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 like a month away from turning 18 or something yeah, like that. yeah and how old was he in the other one like 15 yeah something like that so i mean to imply that this is a linear timeline we're following um but i just i don't know i i did like the the parallels of it of course of Oh, Billy was 14 in the first movie. Oh, okay. So the other thing that I guess that is interesting is that they've, there's been, I guess, more than three years of time in between these movies, like literally, but then in universe, I don't know if that's ever really communicated. And it's like, well, if you have these powers, I guess they've, they've earned a nickname as the Philadelphia fiascos. Right. No, but I, that's what I was saying is that I enjoyed that, that demonstration of like, they are they are children. They're not supposed yeah. to be good at this. It's not supposed to go perfectly. I mean, it's something I kind of think about in regards to like Spider-Man too, like Spider-Man also. <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man as well. Um, you know, they're they're just they're just not capable of addressing a situation fully and properly because yeah. they are kids. And they're now response. They have this responsibility. Like it, they do address yeah. it a little bit with the wizard of like, yeah, you gave you gave this power to children. That's a choice. Yeah, it's it's done well. Um, I can overlook the irritation of it. I think a lot of it came from when um, Billy was as Zachary Levi, because I was just like kind of getting annoying annoyed with the shtick. But there's so many freaking people in this movie. There's a lot going. He on. really he really kind of blends in a little bit it's not necessarily the zachary levi and company movie it's yeah. just the shazamly movie yeah and they they do kind of stick to that uh because when you you have a cast where you have the the child cast you have the shazam cast you have the three new villains coming in you have parents you have uh, you know uh the wizard yeah uh, and then just like regular people around high school bullies yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The guy that was there when they ate cheesesteaks. Yeah, there's a <laughs> teacher. Know. Like, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of oh, characters. Oh, yeah, the principal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of characters involved. I, yeah. I did see a criticism that maybe, like, juggling that many characters got a little bogged down. I can see why people would think that, but I didn't really seem bothered by it. Yeah, I think the only people that get sort of short changed on that end of things are the actors like angel or asher angel Mm -hmm, is that right mm -hmm. he plays 17 year old billy batson and in the first movie it's it's a bit more equal and maybe even more a bit of asher Mm -hmm. than zachary zachary levi because he's sort of figuring it out now uh, asher angel maybe has under 10 minutes (laughs) where he's actually on screen yeah the rest is well he's shazam now and he's so it, it's it's different than like a Batman movie where like if you're Bruce Wayne, you're also Batman and you're just mm-hmm. there all the time. So it doesn't really matter whether you are playing Batman or where you're playing Bruce. You just are that character the whole time when you're switching back and forth that happen. You know, there's 
maybe a bit more of Jack Dylan Grazer than Seth, than I keep calling him Seth Cohen. You do Adam Brody. Um, <laughs> and, and having you know, back not and watched forth. a minute of the OC, I don't understand that at all. I've seen twenty minutes of the OC. Um, I guarantee you, it had nothing to do with Seth Cohen. Knowing nothing about your viewing experience, you watched the episode where spoiler dies no 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 no. i uh i i would catch random bits of episodes over time but i'm i'm no i know i've seen him for at least like 30 seconds not by an oc um <laughs> anyway well i mean you know we we saw him in uh in uh, gilmore girls too right oh yeah, yeah. dave rosalski yeah you don't call him dave though you call him seth no because <laughs> his name is adam <laughs> he has a seth face he just is Anyway, um, so I th- it's it is a bit weird in terms of juggling back and forth and 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 that, um, again, who knows how they're gonna like drill down on any of this going forward? Do, do they even bother? You think? Bother what? Making Shazam three? Like yeah. I mean, I think I think they can. I think that this has proven to be successful. The first, the first one was very successful. The second one, so far, at least in the opening, is a lower box office. But I think that might have to... I, I personally think the lower box office that it's experiencing right now is a multitude of things. One, you, we talked about seeing the trailer forever. This got pushed back from December, which also got pushed back from, like, June. So it's been ready to go for a while, and they just... It, because of the the corporate just, machinations of the Warner Bros. It's indicative to me that they, they don't care about it. This isn't something we mm. need to get out right now. We can continue no, to kick this down the road. But they did the same thing with Flash and they did the same thing with Aquaman. So like Aquaman was supposed to come out this December and instead it's coming out next December. Mm. So but I, they're th- also hyping those two outside of standard marketing practices way especially flash right. well, way more i think shazam got mess- messed up by the, the moving of the dates it got messed up by black adam existing which again black adam is supposed to be like the anti shazam they have the same powers they get them the same way they're the hero and villain counterpart hero and anti-hero counterpart what whatever you know the rock wants to call them but because the rock was so involved with black adam that's never going to come into, they're never going to meet. That's just not going to happen. And, and we're never going to see Black Adam ever again. I, I really don't think. Um, so that, that kind of messes with it. And additionally, this, this whole thing of, of the DC changeover, and we're already hyping the next version of the DC Cinematic Universe, this movie is sort of just kind of lost in the flow of whatever else has been going on. So I, I don't blame people for maybe forgetting it was coming out or just saying like, you know what? I just, I don't need the time to see it. I think ultimately the movie achieves the goals it's trying to set out. I think it is very fun. I think it takes the concepts from the first movie and builds on them to make more of a universe, to make more of a character out of all these, every single one of these people, despite there, there's a lot of them, but I, I feel like we grew every single one of those people in the, in the Shazamly. And I would love them to continue it forward. How they do that, I have no idea. Again, when we get to the rest of the... I don't know how any of this is going to play once we see Flash. Flash is really the what's going to change how we see everything with all this. And I keep every time we see the trailer, I keep saying, you know what? It looks better than it should. It could be really good. But, you know, it's... 
in terms of setting forward Shazam, uh, setting Shazam going forward, I think they should. Will yeah, they? I agree. I don't think they. I I don't. I, don't I think really they don't will know either I don't because no they just don't. They don't know what to do with stuff that's fun. They know what to do with stuff that's dreary. <laughs> yeah, but I, I would say that certainly about the current slash former DCU. I think the idea with James Gunn coming in is that there is going to be more brightness and optimism and yeah, colors. but it's like Suicide Squad brightness where like everybody's mm. like getting their limbs no, cut off no, every no, ten no. seconds. I don't. I don't think that's the case. B- based on how he's he talked can, about, go ahead. Based on what how he's talked about his Superman, he's going to make. I just don't think that's going to be the case. I think it truly is like a, a a turning point and we have to like embrace these comic book characters for being comic book characters sort of thing. And I think despite all the darkness that this Shazam universe, this Shazam movie has lived in, I thought the first one was darker in terms of colors and grittiness than this one was. I thought this was more brighter and 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 stuff than the first movie in, that would in my make sense. opinion. But um any other non-spoiler things you want to get into? I did have a thought. I don't remember what it was, though. I will say that um, Zachary Levi sucks <laughs> as a person, it, yeah. which really is unfortunate because I, li- I like him. I like him as Shazam. I like him as his character in uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. He got a bad, got a, got a bad shake down there, but, and I think... I think this type of character is something that is clearly within his wheelhouse, but um, yeah, we're we're pro science here. Yeah, for those <laughs> that don't know what we're talking about, Zachary Levi a, a, a month ago or so yeah. came out with like a hard anti-vax stance, perpetuating false information about vaccines is not the move. Yeah, so it. So I, like, see, I wonder, I wonder how much of that played into any of. I, I'm sure it's all part of the soup. Of why this movie is underperforming at the box office sure. in its opening weekend. Sure. Um, um, but yeah. It was just funny when that came out. We went and saw something, and sure enough, there was a Shazam trailer, and it opened where he's on some um, doctor's couch, and he just says, I'm an idiot. And I'm like, yep, we know. <laughs> Clip that, put it <laughs> online. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, uh, so that's our non-spoiler thoughts on Shazam Fury of the Gods. I don't think we said the full title of this movie. No, you did. Uh, Shazam Fury of the Gods, the sequel to original Shazam. Uh, If you want to skip through things to our discussion about the DC Universe, all that's in the timestamps. Now, we're jumping over the spoiler wall. Shazam! I'm an idiot. There's already a superhero with a red suit with a lightning bolt on it. Aquaman is literally huge and he's so manly. And Batman is so cool. And I'm just me. All right. Spoilers for Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Um, so we kind of, we open with the introduction of our new villains. Uh, Hespera, played by Helen Mirren, and Calypso, played by Lucy Liu. Uh, they go to a museum in Athens to steal... They are da- daughters of, of uh, Atlas, and they are here to steal the magic staff so they can get their powers back. Because at the end of the last movie, when Shazam gave the, the powers of Shazam to the rest of his family and then broke the magic staff, he broke the barrier between the world of the gods and the world of humans. So they're back to get their magic powers because they've been imprisoned by the wizard that gave Shazam his power. 
again, word soup. These I two almost, are Greek gods to- sort of and they're getting their magic back. I almost would have preferred if they just like picked up right after he broke the staff or like showed that little bit. Yeah, they don't insert like, that till much as later. Like a, a like a refresher and then he breaks the staff and then you cut to like the the, you know, wall between the magic realm and the regular universe yeah. breaking and then Helen Mirren and and uh, Lucy Liu being like, oh, shit, time to go. Yeah, I think this is a, an interesting uh, use of like kind of casual death in this movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was definitely one of my thoughts is that like the villain stuff, at least for the first like, oh, third, it, it's pretty dark. It is yeah. dark. I mean, we were talking about how bright and fun everything is. That stuff that they were doing was extremely extremely intense like they they whisper in people's ears to get them to like start fighting each other in the museum to like distract people and then they turn them all into stone and then they just casually knock over one or two and that, yeah. I, I assume that means they died uh they they convince the principal to walk off the roof yeah at one point to commit suicide of some sort it's 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 when we talk about like the darkness of the DC universe, that that is certainly where this creeps in is the early deaths that they do to show that, hey, these are the bad people of 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 the movie. Yeah. Um, we then cut back to Philadelphia, where uh, Billy Batson and the Shazamly are all uh, going to go save people falling out of falling off a bridge. Ben Franklin Bridge is uh, being destroyed. Uh, they save all the people on the bridge, but the bridge still collapses. So they live up to their name as being the Philadelphia fiascos because that makes sense. They're kids that don't know how to do anything and they're just causing wanton destruction while they, they are saving people. They're still breaking a lot of things. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> a thousand percent. No notes. Um, what did you think of them kind of, you know, their interactions with their family kind of hopping in and out and, I liked the family dynamic, establishing that in the house. Um, you kind of get an understanding early on of how everybody sort of feels about everything and where they're at in life. Like the younger kids are still younger kids and Billy is literally trying to hold everyone together and still be on the same path. But the older kid that can't go to college has other priorities Mm-hmm. You know, the the crippled kid wants to go off and do his own thing and not feel crippled for 10 minutes, you know, like that was really that was done really well. I liked that. Um, but I also wish I could have seen more at the bridge when they're saving people like I, <laughs> I, I wish I could have seen them, their dysfunction a little more like mm-hmm. it was it wasn't it could have been more chaotic, in my opinion. Right. It seemed like it was working just fine yeah and then like boop it it didn't <laughs> yeah um so just as a run through we again we have asher angel zachary levi as billy batson shazam uh jack dylan grazer and adam brody are freddie freeman uh additionally well i guess we will we'll, we'll touch on each of these uh we'll, we'll we'll leave freddie i guess a little bit more mary is the only one that's played by the same person which is kind of interesting uh, Grace Caroline Curry plays Mary Mary yeah. as a, as a not a child because she's now 18. She's aged out of the foster system and she wants to contribute to the to the house. She's got a job and wanted to go to college. She's doing a bunch of studying. 
So like you said, she's got her own goals to be helpful, but you know, it's, it's the balance. This is where the balance of like your super, you are superheroes, but you're also trying to navigate real life. Being a superhero doesn't pay the bills. You're not part of the Avengers. Correct. You're, you're, well, you... the Avengers don't pay bills either, as we learned <laughs> in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, you're, but they're these aren't billionaires, right? Yeah, these aren't this people. We're not privilege. Bruce Wayne. You're not. You're not even the new uh, Tom Holland Spider Man. Where yeah, you're a kid just living in the city, but your entire superhero program has been underwritten by a billionaire. You are foster kids in the foster system, living in a house, living in suburban Philadelphia, trying to just make keep your family together while also surviving day to day. I thought that stuff was great in terms of building up their characters and making them something different than Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Like you're they're just real people trying to live and grow up while balancing being superheroes on either side. I thought that that part was uh, really good. It's also sprinkled in delicately like yes mary tells billy how you know their parents are struggling and how him aging out will hurt them because they won't get financial support for raising him and it you know adds an emotional layer to to what billy's got to deal with and and they're they're dealing with paying for this house and on you know, you find out later that they actually did pay it off and they own it, and that was like a huge moment for all of them. And it's this whole it's it's done very well. It's yeah. not it's not heavy handed, and you know it's not this thing of like remember they're foster kids and they're poor. Mm-hmm. They're, it's just sort of it, it's just sort of there. It adds in a bunch of personal stakes. Yes, you know, to something that could just be oh, it's it's gods and magic, and it's like it's otherworldly beyond them. But no, there is a personal a stake to to everything they're doing here um the other kids are uh eugene who is uh the, the the smart one essentially he is the one that's figuring out how all the lair works how all the magic there works like trying to map it out where all these doors go um you also have pedro who uh over the course of the movie you i mean early on you get the sense that he's uh closeted as a as a as a gay a uh, teenager trying to find his way to come out and, you know, be comfortable as himself to be confident. Um, you have, uh, and then you have Darla, who's the youngest uh, of the, of the group. She's wears purple likes animals and Skittles. <laughs> yeah. She's, a, she's <laughs> of all of the kids. She is the, the baby, the child. She yeah. is just playing with her dolls and, you know, wants to just do good and help and, Playing with her dolls, she made a diorama of unicorns attacking Genghis Khan. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty gangster. Um, so, uh, in in this introductory phase, you know, they're they're trying to figure out where who they are, where they're going. Uh, we cut to school where Freddie is going through the halls, getting bullied, uh, and he meets uh, Anne, played by Rachel Ziegler, who. She's an everyday student, by golly, and she's just taking a liking to Freddie. Why yeah. would she be taking a liking to Freddie? Who knows? I I don't know. <laughs> he's kind of annoying. Not really. He talks really fast and is just like it, he's a, a lot. Yeah. He's a lot to take in one he's, dose. He's a kid that, because of his disabilities and because he's he sees himself as kind of a loser and people pick on him. Comedy and sarcasm are his self defense, and 
you know, who, who, who can't uh, relate to that at, at a certain degree. Um, so they're kind of cutting between these things, trying to figure out who these people are. Uh, Billy then has a dream uh, where he thinks he's on a date with Wonder Woman in Paris, <laughs> where we don't see Wonder Woman's head, which they did this in the last movie. One of the post credits was... Uh, oh yeah, it was showing Superman's Superman. body, but not his head. So they it's like, reference they reference Freddy. <laughs> they call him the Thundercrack Wish Make a Wish Kid, right. which was so because he got to have lunch. He got at to have school. lunch as superhero, and I was yeah. like, what? Shazam and Superman. Yeah. What superhero? And then I, I oh, it was Superman. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> and that that's also why Anne taking a liking to him. Like, oh, aren't you the the kid that was friends with superheroes? Yeah. Um. So, uh, in, in this dream, the wizard has spoken to, uh, Billy because he's captured in uh, this fortress of the gods where the daughters of Atlas have him held. And he's like, Hey, they got the stick back together. I don't know what happened to it. They're trying to find the seed of life. You got to get your head on straight and, and protect. And you are the champion. I chose you be a champion. So then this, this is where they start to try to figure things out. They go into the lair. They discover this hall of books that's been there the entire time where Pedro has met a friend, Steve, the pen. Steve, the pen won the movie. Steve was a great pen. <laughs> very, very good. Magic pen. You can dictate to him. He writes everything down on paper. You know, cool, cool stuff. But doing all this research, they get all this information about the gods and how they were kicked out and what they want to do and et cetera, et cetera. Um, it it really is kind of setting up the plot of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, I know it is. It is setting up the plot of the movie, but it's ultimately not, there's a whole lot of backstory in terms of Greek gods. All you really need to know is they're bad Greek gods. Shazam has the powers of Zeus and Hercules and, or Hermes and, uh, Achilles. And, uh, you know, that's what spells out, Shazam. Oh, the wisdom of Solomon. Can't the wisdom of that Solomon. One. That's, you know, the thing that he That's seemingly the S lacks. That's Shazam. Yeah. Um, the thing he lacks. That's absolutely true. And while they're all figuring this out, Freddy has chosen not to be part of the family meeting because he's still trying to spread his own wings and I'm going to do my own thing. And that's really grading up against Billy, who's trying to keep everybody together so that he doesn't lose his family when he falls out of the foster system. But while this is going on, Freddy is having a after school meetup with Anne on the roof of the school. And he's like, Oh, oh you want to meet, uh, you want to meet captain every power. Yeah. I'll bring him right out. Little does he know. Anne is one of the daughters of Atlas as well. And she is there to trap him essentially so that they can steal the powers of Shazam back from all the kids one by one. Yeah, that was pretty rough. And like yeah. the most FaceTime we get of Adam Brody. Yeah, and that is the scene where uh, the principal, played by uh, D. Bader, who you may know from... I've seen him in anything. Yeah, he was in the Drew Carey show back in the day. He actually voiced... Oh, yes, excellent reference. The Drew Carey he show. He was in the Drew Carey show. He's in uh, Office Space as, like, you know, two chicks at the same time, that, that guy. Um, uh, he also, in the DC universe, he did the voice of Batman in the kids' cartoon show, Batman Brave and the Bolt. So there is a DC connection somewhere there, but they, they can, they whisper in his ear, do the little magic thing. And he walks straight off a cliff. And that's when I think, Oh, he's going to fall, but Shazam's going to come in and save him. And 
Uh, no, there is a splat. They do not <laughs> save him yeah. because uh, Freddy has lost his powers, so he can't can't really do anything. Um, and uh, he gets taken and like thrown into the jail cell with yeah with the wizard, and they have to figure their way out. And then, and I think in this process, they find magic. Um, inter god messenger. Yes. Um, Billy writes a horribly worded note. Yes, to... through through the power of Steve, they have the magic yes. department that can go directly to gods. Yeah, so they send the note to Helen Mirren saying, like, we'll do one for one trade. We will give you we will let you take the powers back if you give us Freddy back. Dunzo. And then haha, we'll just dodge the the lightning bolt from the staff and we'll get to keep our powers. What could go right. wrong? All all of that's written down in the note because he's just like, Oh, I can dictate to you and he's gonna you write down anything I want. It's like, uh-huh, yeah, sure. And so he literally writes down everything, including their like notes. There's a lot of like blurry messiness throughout all of that. We need just I'd rather just like fast forward. Yeah. Lu Lucy Lou uh, somehow obtains the apple. Well, okay, so here I, I've got I've got this part. I remember this because they 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 set up the meeting to get to do the trade. That's when Helen Mirren comes. They have try to have a, a talk. This is where the joke of you know I'll, I've seen all the Fast and Furious movies, lady, and that's why I can count on my family, which is also kind of funny because Helen Mirren's in the Fast and the Furious. Um, yeah, and one of the writers of this movie is one of the writers for Fast and the Furious. It explains a lot of things. It does. They have a fight. They eventually beat Helen Mirren and take her back to the Rock of Eternity, their lair, and put her in a cell. But forget that she still has her magic powers. So because she's they are children. Yes. They don't think They're like, this through all we got the way. You. Except for your magic. <laughs> she breaks out. She goes in. She steals this the seed of life, which was under their nose the whole time, which was this black apple that they were literally throwing around at one point. Didn't even mention. And then they peel off the, the black stuff from the apple. And it's a golden apple, right? From like the Garden of Eden sort of idea. Um, and in that hall of doors that they were trying to figure out earlier, while that's happening, you have Freddy and the wizard trying to escape thanks to the help of Anne, who's sort of like playing a double agent. She's, she wants to help her sisters get you know, their staff back, but she doesn't want to bring any harm to the humans or specifically to Freddy because he's shown himself to be a good person. So why would we hurt good people? And so they're trying to find their way out of the labyrinth. They get to the door. They're like, Hey, we're going to get back. But coming out of the other side of the door is Helen Mirren with the golden apple. They bring that to the, uh, to the throne room. They're going to have a talk. That's when Billy shows up with the Shazam Lee. They try to get the thing back. They try to get Freddy back kind of back and back and forth, back and forth ends up with, they all get to leave. Um, but Lucy Lou gets the, the apple still. Yeah. Lucy Lou has basically like done another heel turn. She was already a villain and has turned into like extra villain. Yeah, she turned on her sisters. I will to say become even more evil. There is a, there is a common concept specifically with the star Wars prequels where people believe that Ewan McGregor did the best he could with the writing that he had. Um, I think yeah. Lucy Liu also did the best she could with the writing that she had because her dialogue is terrible. Yeah, and it's pretty generic she, superhero she, villain. She yeah. did her best there. <laughs> she did her best. 
Yeah, I, I think I, I thought uh, Helen Mirren put in a shift. Uh, Lucy Liu. <laughs> That's did. what every actor wants to hear about their performance in a, a supposed tentpole film. Well, put think, in a shift. Well, like you mentioned Star Wars, and this is actually kind of a, an interesting parallel in that way. The reason that there's a lot of British people acting in Star Wars or just in fantasy things in general is you can have them say the most ridiculous garbage. Oh, sure. Ridiculous it's like fantasy nonsense. Having Sir Ian McKellen read One Direction lyrics. Sure. Like, I get it. Like, if you have, the, if you have a well-trained, well-respected British actor give, deliver these gobbledygook lines with sincerity and earnestness, you'll, be, you'll believe all that. So that's why it works with Helen Mirren kind of laying down the tracks for all this stuff. And Lucy Liu did a very good job of just kind of leaning into the, I'm evil and I'm going to do what I want to do. Like, all right. And then Rachel Ziegler did very good as the, oh, but we should help people person. I liked her as a teenager. Her doing the teenagery stuff was good. But when she's trying to be like, take me seriously, I'm talking about this and expositioning mm. that, like, I could not stand her. I wanted yeah. her to go away. So as it goes, they, uh, they, they want to plant or they go to uh, the city, back to Philadelphia, with a dragon in tow because. There was a, a, an evil dragon there. that The dragon is the guardian, or like the protector of the garden. Yes, his name is Ladon. Sure. Yep. Basically, he still fear, instills fear into everyone that sees him. It, it you know, sucks all the hope out of people and kills them. Uh, but the dragon chases them because you know, they've, they've tried to steal all this crap. Uh, and the dragon chases them all the way back to Philadelphia. Um, while there, Lucy Liu turns on Helen Mirren, seemingly kills her, uh, plants the seed of this apple. And because the apple has this, this tree has now grown in the world of man instead of the world of the gods, it is not this beautiful thing to behold. It is a disgusting, dying tree that hatches a bunch of Greek monsters that now run she amok. She does plant this tree in the <laughs> middle of the Phillies. Philadelphia Phillies baseball stadium. Yeah, the Phillies get a lot of run in this movie. And uh, that's true. <laughs> Several as, times. As a fan of, of sports, nothing breaks my heart more than seeing stadiums get destroyed in these movies. <laughs> we saw it in, uh, what is it? The Dark Knight Rises where yeah. the Heinz field just like crumbles into like a friggin'. Yeah, Heinz Ward still got to the end zone. <laughs> just... It just breaks my heart. Like the tree is growing and like uh, like the, the pristine, beautiful field just gets trashed. And I was sitting there like, this is a crime. In my head, there was a, <laughs> a funny connection of the Phillies rivals are the Mets, right? Yeah. Who play in the Big Apple. And when the Mets hit a home run, there's an apple that goes out in center field. And what destroyed the Phillies stadium here? Well, an apple. That's a very deep cut. Yeah, I don't think anybody considers. No, I guarantee they didn't, but <laughs> it made sense to me. Okay. Um, but yes, now there's Cyclopses and Minotaurs and Also uh, worth Severuses. noting, at this point, all of the kids have lost their powers by now. Yeah, in that, in that oh. fight in the, in, the, in the dungeon, they, they no. all get shot, right? No, because they come home and tell their foster mom and dad who right. they are as the heroes which right. could, like what would you do 
I would have a, a million questions, but I, I, I guarantee. Yeah. They got across the point that there wasn't time to talk about it right now because the dragon, the dragon followed them through the the door into yes. the, the Rock of Eternity. And to get from the Rock of Eternity back to their house, there's another door. Dragon followed them through the door. So the dragon pops out in the middle of their house and, and destroys the house. house. I will say major points to the foster parents because they're just very understanding and very, <laughs> they very go with the flow about all of it. Yeah. And they, they're, they're, they're very cool people just in general. I did. I do enjoy them. Yes. Yeah, so one by one, the kids sort of lose their powers by the shot of the staff. The one that still has it is Mary. Um, and yeah. she, cause oh. she's, fl- she's flying off with the apple mm-hmm. and that, that's how the, the apple do gets what? back. I don't know head. because we have forgotten to mention that when, um, these sisters arrive and they sort of release their power. They put a dome of magic barrier over Philadelphia. As announced by Wolf Blitzer. Yes. Uh, so I, I was very confused as to what Mary was going to do flying away with that apple. I don't know. She probably should have just destroyed it. Ah. But anyway, she's flying away. She runs into the dragon. Then she gets shot with the, the wand herself. She loses her power. She's falling. The apple's falling. Billy has to choose to grab the apple or save Mary. Saves Mary, of course. Save the family. I wasn't um, sure that was a guarantee, considering we just saw a teacher walk off the roof of a building. Yeah, I was like scared an hour a little before. bit. I was very nervous. For they, Mary. they held on to that for a while, but <laughs> saves her. So then it's Billy's the last one with powers. They have the apple. They plan it. The monsters come out. Um, so now we got to figure out how to beat them. And in the fight with Calypso, uh, Billy figures out, hey, if I sh- keep shooting lightning at her, it charges up the staff like a battery. And if I can overpower that, I can blow her up. Uh, and the tree and the dragon. Right. So. He has to lure her to a place where he can do all this, which is the field. He makes a deal with Helen Mirren, who's on her deathbed, re- re- resuscitates her with a couple lightning bolts. Which felt very, I mean, she got a dragon talon straight, straight through. Which, surprisingly, no hole. There was a hole in her armor. When, when Billy got there. When she got dropped by the dragon oh. after getting stabbed by it, there was definitely no hole in her chest. Ooh, oh, dear. Uh, so uh, uh, one demerit for the CGI <laughs> people on, on the film. Um, so he makes a deal with her to, to lead them there. Meanwhile, all the kids are now driving around the van around Philadelphia trying to help the people. How are they going to help the people? I don't know. They, but they still have Steve the Pen, who gives them a, a good bit of information of what monsters are afraid of which are unicorns, which the wizard is like, oh, unicorns are not what you think they are. They're not these beautiful beasts. They're angry. They're, they'll, they'll, they're, they hate mankind. And it's like, well, how, how can we help the, how can we get the unicorns on our side? Ambrosia. And what do we have instead of ambrosia, the, the nectar of the gods? Well, taste the rainbow. It's Skittles. Brought to you by Skittles. Taste the rainbow. <laughs> the product placement in this movie is tough. Pretty egregious. Skittles is probably the worst offender. Easily. Um, Easily. I don't really remember other ones. I mean, there's, there's, there's stuff. It's, uh, I'm doesn't, sure there was it like doesn't a matter. It, they, it, it's not consequential in the way that the Skittles are. Darla feeds the unicorns some Skittles and literally says they can taste the rainbow, which I was like, 
Oh God! And really? then when she's she ends up anyway, they befriend the unicorns. When she's riding these unicorns into battle, this unicorn army that's fighting the monsters, foreshadowing from earlier. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, doesn't she say "Taste the rainbow, motherfuckers"? She does. <laughs> when she's Holy riding the shit. horse, the they like they they like cut her off so you don't actually hear this like ten year old girl say "motherfucker," but. Yeah, she does. I forgot about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they're they're off fighting the monsters in the city, which leaves Billy to go take on uh, Calypso and the dragon and the tree. Helen Mirren shrinks the dome just to cover uh, Citizens Bank Park, which you know is uh, is going to be a lot of collateral damage. I don't know where the Phillies are going to finish out their season. They might be playing in New York, for all I know. Playing under the They were not at home at that time. No, they were thankfully on a road trip. Could have been. It could have been the spring. Could have been any time. Yeah, not, not determined. Um, <laughs> no, because they were playing a game. Because Pedro was watching game. the game. So they were, they were definitely on the road. Hopefully. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, hopefully they were on the road. Because they, they wouldn't be able to get back home to play their games because of the dome. Because of the dome. Um, anyway, big fight, CGI final fight. I thought when it comes to CGI final fights, this did something different than most. You want to talk about CGI just in general. It's probably something I actually liked about the movie is Mm -hmm. that like, while the practical effects were very basic and I, you know, it's one of those things you sort of fall victim to when you know how the sausage is made, you can kind of like see that stuff. The, the practical effects of it all were were not amazing but i appreciated it more than just like animated cgi universe everything all of it was really like there wasn't i would say the only set that probably wasn't practical were was the stuff in greece or ancient greece whatever you want to call it like the labyrinth and then also the layer too but everything else was kind of legit yeah no, and I I wanted to mention that at some point too as a as a as a point for the movie. I thought all the design stuff that they did was you know very uh not innovative but it it was interesting. It was different. Like when they do when they're doing the lair and they go into that library with the flying books and all that. I was like it was a beautiful yeah. animated book that just is flying like a butterfly or something. It's yeah, gorgeous. Like when it comes to like making up magic crap I think this movie does a good job of making up a bunch of magic crap and making it look different than what you've seen before. Like even while all the monsters that hatch out of these little pods throughout the city because of the tree, they're pretty they're standard. Disgusting. Right. They're pretty standard fair Greek monster. But yeah, like, but they were gr- ugly. Yeah. They they did a very good job yeah. of designing these cyclopses and Cerberus. They were gross. I did not like looking Minotaurs. At them. Minotaurs. Yeah. It, 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 I, 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 I didn't love seeing them, but I thought that it was like, this is different. Anyway, so we get the big fight where he's fighting the dragon with the lightning, overpowering the staff. You, you know, he, eventually it leads to, he's going to say, he tells him, there's a little speech where he talks to everybody outside the bubble. He's like, hey, I got to do this. I got to sacrifice myself to, to blow this up. This is the only way to beat, destroy the tree, destroy the dragon, destroy Calypso all in one go. In, and is to overpower this thing. And yeah, we'll lose all of our powers and something might happen to me, but got to do it. Yep. And he does it. Blows up, uh, blows up the tree, blows up Calypso, blows up the dragon, blows Helen himself Mirren up. Helen Mirren removes the dome 
mm-hmm. as she fades away to the underworld. Yep. She fades away to ash. The tree collapses into ash or leaves or something. Um, yeah. All the all the monsters go away. And so they, they search through the rubble of 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 uh, Citizens Bank Park to find Billy's body. And, and because I know how these movies work, I was fully expecting the, oh, he's going to be dead. Oh, but he's going to come back to life like immediately, like shaking him like, oh, Billy, Billy. And he'd be like, oh, what, what happened? Sort of sort of <laughs> thing. Didn't. No, Billy was definitely soups dead. Uh, again, we linger on that for a while and Billy Batson dies. Yep. <laughs> Actually dies. Yep. Um, and then and in- not knowing whether like the future of this um franchise mm-hmm. i was i was sitting there accepting this fate like cool we're done with this i i was too but because of as i mentioned the marketing for this movie there was something still lingering around i'm like oh this isn't gonna hold i thought this would wait until the post credit scenes because that of how far along we were so in the movie much better but they say, well, we need to give Billy a, a, a proper burial. He needs to be treated like a god. So instead of burying him somewhere in Philadelphia, they dig a shallow <laughs> grave in the world of the gods where the dirt freshly, uh, you know, dug. They put a lightning bolt on it. They're all very sad. And it's like, so can we ever get our powers back or is, is he gone forever? And it's and the, the wizard holding the staff is just like, no, the, the light has gone from the staff. It just needs... <clears throat> the spark of a god to bring it back to life. Uh, <clears throat> I said it needs <laughs> the spark of a god. Like it's just Enter like uh-huh. cameo. Bum 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 bum. Play the the, the angry guitar theme. Good. Wonder Woman is here. Diana Prince, a, a true Deus ex machina. A true Diana ex machina just fucking shows up and is like, oh, hey, you need to revive the dead kid. Here's my spark of a God power and let's bring everybody back to life. We're all good. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, And she doesn't even stick around very long. She they have like a very short conversation. And then it's. uh, Oh, hey, it's like, hey, you want to ever go on a date with me? That'd be cool. Hey, I'm, I'm almost 18. It'll be fine. Like, uh, stick, stick the superheroing kid as she walks away and presumably out of the DC universe forever. Wow. I hadn't even thought about that. That's pretty funny. That might be the last time you ever see Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman um, is right there. I have read about this since people were worried because they used a stand in for her in the parisian date yeah scene. the dream scene mm-hmm. um so people thought that maybe they did a deep fake with gal gadot turns out it was not a deep fake every time you see gal gadot it is actually gal gadot the but dream the dream body i could definitely tell like it was not i was trying to figure out her. is that gal gadot like just hiding and it, it definitely was not but look thinking so knowing what i know and then thinking back I was like oh yeah no those two characters were not in the same room at the same time at all yeah they definitely shot that differently which is like a little bit of a bummer they, they did that with superman in black no, adam too yeah, yeah i don't like that at all if you're gonna do this like stunt cameo thing like make it legit make me like let me feel the moment of having these two characters literally standing in front of each other like that like i yeah. felt that way when friggin um Richard Madden and Kit Harrington were both in Eternals. I was like, get me, get them in frame together <laughs> for two seconds, please. 
ultimately I was very um disappointed by this. That ending, yeah. Pretty... Not necessarily ending. I mean, yes, the ending. Because it's like that is a post-credit scene. That yeah. didn't need to be in the regular movie. Secondly, it was DC or Warner Brothers, whoever's in charge of this part of it, in the in the days leading up to the release, put this scene or a clip of it in the TV advertisements. Really trying to undersell the or oversell the point of we have no confidence in this movie. Please go see it. Wonder Woman's in it. I haven't actually seen this TV spot, but I did see a tweet from the Hollywood Reporter, which had an interview with the director talking about the Wonder Woman cameo. Then this was this during was, the day on Saturday yeah, of the weekend and, of release. And we exactly. Um, and we are recording this the day after. So like no time has passed. Um you had told me that a cameo got spoiled for you. You were really upset about it. And then I, hours later, read that tweet and was like, wait, is the fucking Wonder Woman thing? And you were like, yeah. And what a choice. What like, a terrible choice. Had I not known that was happening and I saw it in the movie, I would have been legitimately like, oh, Wonder Woman. Great. But because I knew she was in it ahead of time, this wasn't the thing where like we saw it the second weekend and it got spoiled because... At the very least, you gotta give till Monday when it comes to like spoiler crossover spoilers like this. You gotta wait. Like it's it's one thing if it gets spoiled by people on the internet. It's another when the company that's putting out the movie spoils the movie. Yeah. Ahead of time. That's and it, I I and couldn't believe it. You're that. absolutely right that it definitely spoils the ending. Not even not spoil in the traditional sense of this got spoiled for me, but like it ruins it. Yeah, it's not it's not a big surprise. No. It's not this great reveal. You're not there there isn't the pop moment of, oh my God, look, Diana's she in the movie. Saved him. Uh, no. No. Because I like I said, I was sitting there thinking, we haven't seen her yet. This movie is over and we have not seen her yet. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, Fortunately well, she's, for me, I forgot. <laughs> she's clearly a post-credit scene then. Like I'm not yeah, gonna worry about it. That's what I would have And then assumed. when and then I'm even disappointed that she's not a post-credit scene. That you just decided to like tag her in at the end of the movie for yeah. fun? Not not good. I, I just it it sucked. I, As, I, I hated if that. If that is the final bow of Gal Gadot in the DC universe, that what a way to go. What a way to literally mm-hmm. walk out. That is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we then do a quick cut back to uh, Earth where the the home is being rebuilt and the kids are all living happily together with their foster parents and you know, happily ever after in the, in the Shazamly residence in, in suburban Philadelphia. All is good. Yep. Post-credit scenes. There are two. Mid-credit scene is really the only, well, I guess they're both of some consequence. The first one more than the second one. Mid-credit scene, uh, you get Amelia Harcourt and John Economos, who the, the, the girl is, um, they're, they're both from uh, the Suicide Squad movie. The Suicide Squad, to be particular, they work with Amanda Waller, and then they're also in Peacemaker because, again, they work with Amanda Waller. Um, so they're on a dirt trail. They're like, "Hey, we got to meet this guy. What is he like? I don't know." Herdy's a little childish. It's what they literally said. Shazam's there, shooting lightning bolts at bottles, having a fun time. They walk up. They say, "Hey, uh, we know who you are. Don't worry about all that, Billy Batson. We know who you are." Would you like to join the justice? And he says, yes, automatically. Uh-huh. hundred percent. When they did that, I was like, I know what joke you're going to do. And this is, this is actually pretty good. 
Because he thinks he's going to join the Justice League and be part of the team with Wonder Woman, his, the love of his life. No, they want him to be part of the Justice Society. That's the one that was in Black, Black Adam, Adam, right? Yes, with Hawkman and um, Pierce Brosnan. Yes. Uh, and he also goes through a whole list of jokes of uh, what, you know, you got to name these things different. You can't both have them be Justice something, Justice Group. Uh, what about uh, the Authority Society, which is sort of a play onto a movie that they'll be doing in the future DC universe, the authority. And he ends with the Avengers society. Why does that sound good? Which is just like, yeah, like, that okay. Was very, very clever. Post credit scene. Again, if you forgot that the first movie existed, which I did the post credit, the post, the true post credit scene is sort of a redo of the post credit scene of the first movie where Mark strong, who plays, uh, if you forgot, Thaddeus Savannah. Oh, he has been in this jail cell for over two years now, and he is greeted at a windowsill once again by a caterpillar known as Mr. Mind. Okay. (laughs) Mark Strong's character, Savannah, is frustrated that Mr. Mind hasn't begun enacting their plan that he said that they were going to do at the end of the last movie. Sort of a tag on hey, this was the post credit scene from the first movie. Why is it not the plot to the second movie? Well, because he's a caterpillar and he takes a long time to go anywhere. Is the joke. I didn't understand any of that. Yeah, this is, that's one of the weirder ends of like, I don't even really know what that stuff is about. Um, will we see it? No. I doubt it. <laughs> I, I really, I, I was surprised that that was the way they were going to go when they ended the first movie. So I think this, this, the the plot here of the second movie was a better choice for building up the characters. I have no, um, no want or care for that. So. Same. I didn't get it. I don't, whatever. (laughs) Sorry. I don't have anything clever to say there. Yeah. It's the, the the second post credit scene is a whimper compared to the, the, the the mid credit scene was good. Um, And that was Shazam. Stick to saving the world, kid. Hey, everybody. I'm James Gunn. I'm the co-CEO of DC Studios. And those were our spoiler thoughts on Shazam! Fury of the Gods. One of the last entries in what was the DC Extended Universe. Um, We've got two more that were on the slate from the old regime, which are The Flash. Uh, which is coming in June. And then we, oh, we actually three, sorry, with The Flash in oh, June. Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle in August. And Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, Aquaman 2, in why, December. Why don't they put The Flash at the end? This is just the way it was all scheduled beforehand. I think it's a thing where, like, stuff happens in The Flash that requires Aquaman to happen after it. So you can't put it before it. My understanding was that Aquaman was going to be part of the DCEU. So resetting everything and then releasing that stuff didn't really make any sense. So, right. We've had changeover at DC, like mentioned. James Gunn is now in charge. They had to make the decision of, well, James Gunn and Peter Safran are the co-heads of DC Studios. They had to make the decisions of, what are we doing with the DC universe? Are we going to stop cold turkey and just reboot the whole damn thing are we gonna try to build just take what we have and keep rolling with it 
or are we going to do this really kind of in between mushy half reboot? And that's the way they're kind of choosing to go. That sucks. The way that they described it in January was that the events of Shazam sort of lead into the flash. I don't know how that's really the case. There's lightning. Yes. End of end of analysis. Lightning in a red suit. <laughs> yeah. Um then the flash leads, you know, resets the DC universe. Then Blue Beetle is largely unconnected and can kind of be slotted back in however they want. So that's not a big problem. And then Aquaman comes off of the Flash and will lead into, is what James Gunn said, the new DC universe, which will kick off with his written and directed Superman movie in 2025. One way or another, we will have a year off from DC films in 2024, and we will come back with the new vision of the DC universe that begins with uh, Superman, which is based on uh, a a very popular run by Grant Morrison called All-Star Superman, which kind of focuses on the hope and the optimism and the aw-shucksness of Superman going forward. Um, I expect that to be good. I hope it's good. We haven't had a good Superman movie in in a while, and I liked the Brandon Routh one. Not that it was good, but I liked it. Well, the Brandon Routh one's a weird one, too, because it's technically a sequel to the Christopher Reeve movies. Yeah. He's supposed to be the same Superman. That explains all the sepia tone. <laughs> yes. And, and Kevin Spacey uh, growing a <laughs> island of kryptonite. So the, the DCEU as we know it in, will end with the Flash and Aquaman. Going forward, this is what we this is what is planned in the mainline DC universe. There are five films on the docket right now. One written and directed by James Gunn, Superman Legacy, July 11th, 2025. We also have The Authority, which was what was met, referenced by Shazam there. The Authority was a comic book a team of heroes that are basically like the anti-justice league in a way like they enact justice, but they do it in a heavy handed hard way where they're like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good foil for the justice league. Cause it's like, well, we're trying to do justice, but we're doing it our way. Well, it's like, no, you don't do it the right way. And then they have to like, well, Hey, Superman, you're out of line. So we're going to fight you sort of thing. Wow. <laughs> You also have the new Batman movie, which will be called The Brave and the Bold, which will focus on Batman and his Brave Robin, and the Bold? The Brave and the Bold. It is a long-running Batman like, okay. title. Um, it will be Batman, and he will have a Robin right out of the gate. And this won't be any Robin that we've seen on screen previously, but he is the fourth Robin, Damian Wayne, Bruce Wayne's son. Uh. In comic books canon, Bruce Wayne had a kid with Talia al Ghul, who's the bad guy in uh, Dark Knight Rises, daughter of Ray al Ghul. And, and he, that... he's like uh, bred as an assassin as a young boy who goes to kill Batman, but then he can't because he's his dad, and then they becomes Robin. And he's that kind of a Batman won't have any connection to the Robert Pattinson Batman, right? No. The, so th- they will have. Other the other movies. I wish like, you guys could hear my eyes rolling right <laughs> now. It's absolutely they, they did a full three sixty in her head. 
the Robert Pattinson Batman, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, those are going to be labeled as DC Elseworlds movies, which means that they are they are they're <laughs> not connected to the main canon. They are other stories just you doing weird stuff. You can't do that. You can't do that. If you're trying to establish a universe with these super well-known ingrained in pop culture characters, can't do that that's so messy i know it i i agree i'm a like i can keep this all people that read the comic books or know the comic book history can keep this stuff in their head because they've done this before they have the mainline titles but then they have something like uh gotham by gaslight which is like if batman was in the 1800s in england right um and he but that's labeled as dc elseworld so it doesn't count as anything it's just other as opposed to the mainline series of stories so that's kind of what they're trying to get away with here uh it's essentially i don't know if they want to call it multiverse quite yet like what marvel's sort of doing but you know we're not at that point yet the other films are supergirl woman of tomorrow which uh is apparently based on a run of Supergirl where she grows up on a shard of Krypton that has exploded away once the planet explodes. That's my favorite thing about Superman lore is that it's just this there there's Krypton is just obliterated except we can video call and actually like vacation there and um more cousins just appear out of nowhere and a yeah. dog and a this. superman's the only one that ex- survived except for his cousin and general people. zod and all of his followers <laughs> and yeah, yeah yeah i mean that's that's a typical thing in in so many of those types of stories but you know um it's a, apparently it's a more uh aggressive supergirl she's not just like i'm a pretty girl in a skirt and a cape she's kind of like kind of rough and tumble she had pants in the flash trailer well that's a that's a different oh that's not the same that's not that supergirl the the flash movie is based on flashpoint where they take superman and hide him away like in a hole and so he doesn't have his powers it's i don't care we'll explain that when we watch the flash the last movie that's that's uh scheduled is swamp thing um oh which Kind of interesting, actually. I'm I'm curious how they how they take that one. The new version of DC will also try to meld in a a parallel set of movies and TV shows. So they're they're all going to be happening. You know what Marvel has tried to do. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is that I don't see this being what done well because you know response wise, Marvel is not doing super hot. They've done too much and there's just so much homework yeah associated with all of this and there isn't this need of rewatchability people we talked about this on ant-man we're not going back to see ant-man because like okay check this off the list i'm done i i don't think trying to do movies and tv shows within the same universe is the way to go yeah there's the tv shows i'm less totally in on than the movies so the tv shows we're gonna have an animated show called creature commandos which is like a james gunn pet project i don't really know that much about it but it i don't think it's something that people will like need to see to understand what's going on in the movies uh you'll also have a, a season of waller which will be amanda waller still played by viola davis 
Oh, good for her. She's a great Amanda Waller. She's been really good. So I think that's that'll be interesting. Uh, Curious how they take that forward, especially if they're still going to keep doing Peacemaker. I don't know how you rectify having both those shows exist. Then you'll have a Green Lanterns show, which will be uh, you'll get uh, Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, two Green Lanterns. Very cool. Doing like a true detective style cop show. That's I think is the that, idea. That universe needs is a TV show. Yeah. And they were going to do that. They were going to have the Greg Berlanti uh, Green Lanterns, Green Lantern core show. And that got shelved like almost immediately after all the changeovers happened. So that was sort of like, at least in like pre-production stages. And they just, they're not doing it. So they're re restarting that project in a way. Do you trust Greg Berlanti to do Green Lantern anything? Well, so the thing with these <laughs> and the thing with the Green Lantern show, all of them are supposed to be on HBO Max or whatever that's going to end up being called at some point, whatever Warner Bros. Discovery does. Um, and it, it, it's they want it to not be the CW. Yeah. They want it to be. They want all these shows to be something a little bit more substantial, meatier realer in a way where the CW shows are, you know, all, all props to everything they've done with the flash and green arrow, but they're schlocky, you know, they're, they're not, they're not really to be taken all that seriously. Whereas these are integral parts of their vision going forward. Okay. Fair. I mean, you, you saw more of the Greg Berlanti stuff than I'd. Yeah. No, the Greg Berlanti stuff has this great legacy of starting out really good for maybe two or three seasons and then just goes off the rails and overstays its welcome like the flash i stopped watching the flash after like three seasons um i think it's now currently in its seventh and final season i have no idea who's still on that show anymore or why or what they could even do it uh... Good, good on the actors for get and the the crew for for keeping the their work going and getting paychecks is all I have to say about that. <laughs> the the other shows will have a show called Paradise Lost, which is a Wonder Woman prequel oh. about the island of Themyscira and how it became just an island of Amazonian women and eventually how uh, Diana was born. I guess that's pretty cool. Yes and no, because like it's a Wonder Woman prequel series, but to which Wonder Woman? Is it the Gal Gadot Wonder Woman that we're seemingly not continuing? Is it to whatever new Wonder Woman they're going to make? No idea. Um, And then the last one, which is pretty fun, is Booster Gold. Booster Gold is a loser. And he's but he's a cult favorite. So the, the story of Booster Gold is he is a guy from the future. That goes back in, but he, and he's a loser in the future. Everybody, he's just lame. He sucks. But he takes all this future technology, travels back in time to like present day. And because he has all this future technology, he can be a really cool superhero. So he's like imposter syndrome playing a superhero with all this like future technology. And he's kind of, he's just lame and corny, but he's like trying to, but he's better than everybody in our time because of his technology. So he, He's a fun character to have around. What could go wrong? I mean, I guess plenty, but I think Booster Gold can be pretty fun. Sounds dumb as hell. It does, but I think dumb in a fun way. No, it sounds dumb as hell. So, of of all of this, 
I I am excited about certain things. I'm excited about this Superman. I'm excited about Batman because I always will be excited about Batman. I'm sort of excited about this take on Supergirl. Um, what do you think of the the film side of things? Does any of that really interest you? I would you? like Superman to be great. Superman is probably my favorite of the DC characters. Um, and they have done him pretty dirty as of late, which is yeah, just maybe something I should have realized sooner that like he is your pillar character and this is what you have done to be over clear, the last 10 years. He's in, it's already been confirmed. He is not going to be Henry Cavill. Uh, and this will be a younger <laughs> Superman. Um, and again, Henry Cavill got roped in to by by suckered, the rock suckered to be in that post credit scene of Black Adam, and then he even had an announcement like, "Yes, I'm back." And then, psych, like, like two weeks later, literally two weeks later, James Gunn took over and was like, "Yeah, that's not the case," and I'm sorry that. And he even felt bad. He's like, "I'm sorry that they've really dicked around Henry, but that has nothing to do with me, and that should have never happened to him." Henry's a great guy. We'd love to have him in a project, but. He won't be our Superman, and we feel we actually feel pretty bad about what happened to him over the last year with the, these these projects. Hmm. Does the Batman thing interest you? Actually, having a Robin in a, a Batman movie, a little bit, a little bit. I don't know. Whatever. I'm I, I approach all of this with cautious optimism. Like I want it to be good because having just this onslaught of Marvel can be really overwhelming. So if there's mm. something else that's like on par with it to sort of you know, add something to all of this, that'd be great. And these characters are good. These stories have been around for what, over a hundred years? They deserve to be told properly. And it's a shame that they're not right now. And they need to they need to be done well. And I and I want that for these for these legacy characters. But I just don't the the trust is not there at the moment. Uh anything on the TV side? No, not even a little bit. The the Wonder Woman prequel? Maybe. I don't know. Which, again, I don't know. Like, it's so the, hard to say yeah. right now. Like, it, sure, Blue Sky, it all sounds great. But, like, I know the legacy of this company. I'm really iffy on things James Gunn right now. And I, the, the track record is not good. Yeah. So. The DC has just been in such a weird spot for the last... 15 plus yeah. years because what happened what what really screwed them up was dark knight the dark knight comes out in 2008 the the pinnacle of dc movies of the last 20 years right 30 years maybe if you want to include the, the 90s stuff that same year 2008 is when uh uh iron man comes out that's i believe that same year is also when green lantern came out so in terms of like are they going to set up their own universe they didn't really get a chance to but then marvel shoots up and like creates the avengers and you know the rest is history there so dc then found themselves like in a weird spot of fuck we have to catch up midstream so we made a superman movie then we jump-started a batman versus superman movie which was bad and then we jump-started a justice league which was just not fully cooked and then we've tumbled out from there year after year because you weren't able to get Green Lantern up and going. You had to start the Justice League before you introduced any of the Justice League members. You've had hits and misses, like the first Wonder Woman. So good. Is great. The first Aquaman is very fun. Enjoyable. The second Wonder Woman, not as good. No. 
the Zack Snyder cut nonsense. What is that? The, the 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 delays of the Flash over and over and over again. The Ezra Miller of it all with the Flash. DC has just been stuck. It has constantly tried to get itself going and can't for whatever reason or another. Uh, whether it's their own misdeeds or just the state of the market or their actors or whatever. It just has been a constant struggle and it shouldn't be. They should have, in, in all realities, even playing field, DC should be outperforming Marvel all of the time. Yep. Between Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, the Justice League, they should be knocking Captain America, Iron Man, the Avengers out of the park every single time they do it. And they haven't. I don't think that's something that they'll be ever able to come back from now because no. Marvel has been so good for so long and they've made these nonsense characters household names now. Because like when you yeah. think about it, like 15, 20 years ago, name superheroes, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. You get Spider-Man, Spider-Man X-Men. Incredible Hulk, X-Men. That's kind of it. But who, in, who would have done anything with the Guardians of the Galaxy? Mm-hmm. But now that is household. There are friggin' amusement park rides dedicated mm-hmm. to these comic book characters. Like, I don't think that's something that but any Batman or Superman or anything is going to be able to chip into um, and level the playing field in that regard. Like, I just don't see it happening yeah, anymore. No, because with the success of those movies, Captain America is now on the same level as Superman yeah. to some degree yeah. in, in, in popular culture. Exactly. Iron Man is on the same level as a Batman in popular culture. Black Panther. Black Panther. Yep. Yeah. Hell, uh, Ant-Man had a trilogy, yep. for God's sakes. Yep. That they're banking on the, the next phase of their universe in. And like you said, the, with, with Disney at the helm and the theme parks, and it's just the cultural permeation of all these things is not the same. Now, I, 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 feel, I still think as a general like character, not like a movie character, Batman and Superman will always be the two biggest things in American culture just because of that's Legacy. just what they are. Yeah. yeah. So that, I mean, you have to establish it's it. Kind of like an old money, new money sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I just, I know DC and Warner Brothers, especially with the, the state that Warner Brothers is in, in a general sense, with its changeover from Discovery. They and, just need like a GoFundMe or something. <laughs> uh, this could have really stood for a break and a full reboot, but because of the way money works, they just can't have themselves to do that. And like we said that Marvel has done all this with not their top characters. Now you're going to start having Marvel ha- not has full control of Spider-Man, but Spider-Man has been introduced for Fantastic a long time. Fantastic Four is on the deck. They, the right. They now have the, the rights to the X-Men to Fantastic Four. And if those hit, then DC will just Dunzo. DC in terms of movies, DC won't be able to get up there ever nope. again. And it's that's sad. I think they're doing a good job holding the Batman flame still. That is always going to make them money. Superman should not be the lost cause that it is. Green Lantern has so much uh, possibility. Wonder Woman was there for them to really make into something, and then they dropped that ball too. So DC is in a it is, is still in a weird spot. And we will probably retouch on all this in June when we see the flash and understand maybe, maybe understand a bit more of where we're going in the DC universe. But that's a, that's a lot of talk on, on superheroes today. All that means is that award season 
long gone. Who was she? <laughs> we're we're now into everything. What? Where? We're back into the the general pop culture movies that we're gonna take in every week that you're gonna enjoy that we're gonna love talking about. Um, summer of movies is on the way. You know, we got plenty of things to look forward to. In especially that June where Flash is gonna be, you're also gonna have. Uh, Indiana Jones and Transformers and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is in May, right? Um, Mario comes out in in uh, April. Uh, all the the big blockbuster popcorn movies. They're they're on the horizon. We're 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 at full health. We're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> we're uh, we're able to take in some some movie theater snacks and scarf down popcorn and watch a, a big flashy movie with the rest of you. Yep, we'll see you at the movies.